Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Um, really thrilled to have on the podcast today, Jessica Hedges. She's the founder of uh, Branded in Ink. Uh, it's a Western brand stylist uh, company. She's also a photographer, writer, and a multimedia storyteller. So, as well as a cowboy's wife and uh, a boy. So, that being said, uh, Jessica, welcome to uh, the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you here. Um, I think the first time that we connected on social media, what uh, may have sparked it was I you'd listen to one of my podcasts, and uh, I'd said that my wife grew up in eastern Oregon, a little town called Crane outside of Burns, um, and are you pretty close to that area? Yes, sir. In fact, my kid is in school in Crane as we speak. Um, I live in Princeton, which is um, about 25 miles south of there. Oh, my gosh. It is a small world, isn't it? Yes, sir. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. They lived right off of, uh, I think it was Highway 78. Um, yep. And I live, I live right off of 78 as well, just further south. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. They, her dad uh, had a big alfalfa um, ranch up there, and uh, that's where she grew up. and And went to Crane was a, <clears throat> I think at at one time or may still be I don't know uh, one of the only uh, public boarding schools left in the United States. My understanding is it is the last public boarding school in the United States. Now we've been in other very small outlining communities that had boarding schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Paisley, Oregon is an example of that, but they've gone to more of a charter school kind of setup. So it's a little bit different um, than, than what you have here in Crane. It's literally that these ranches live too far out to be driving their high schoolers back and forth every day. So Yeah, that's great. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I love it up there. Some of my best vacations in my life had been going up uh, to her, her folks' place and, and taking our boys up there in the summer and stuff. It's just, and I, I love the high desert anyway. I, I love that country. Um, it's just some of my favorite, uh, most favorite country to be in. So very cool. That's crazy that, you're, that your son is, goes to Crane. Yeah, well, and I this I think that's the cool thing about the internet, though, is how we can make these connections that we would have never ever known about had it not been some posts on social media. A- absolutely, I-, I agree, and and you know that's one of the things that's you know uh, so fascinating about social media. I myself, I love social media. Uh, it's a great tool used in the right way, and. Um, so it, it connects, it, it connects people everywhere. And it's, it's amazing how many of the, you know, most ranchiest, you know, uh, people have, uh, you know, cell phones and, and social media accounts. And so we get to see all these great different places in the country and, and what other people do in their lifestyle. And um, I just think it's, it's awesome. For sure. For sure. I remember one of my favorite exchanges I've had is I sold a print 
in Florida. And the gal that purchased it from me, she's a five generation rancher in Florida. And we we basically through this whole conversation, she figured out that she couldn't ranch in Oregon and I figured out that I couldn't ranch in Florida, but it was mutually agreed that'd be really cool to visit because we we talked about, you know, the I guess the moisture and the things that bite down there and we talked about the amount of rock and snow and things like that that we experience here and I don't know, it was just a really cool exchange again, had it not been for social media we would have never met and would have never had that chance to have that exchange in the first place. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and leading, leading into, into, into what you do, um, you know, you're an entrepreneur and, and that's what this podcast is, is about, you know, cowboy lifestyles and businesses uh, around the world. And so, being an entrepreneur, what, what, you know, and you starting what you do, and you could tell us all about that. Um, uh, how, how did you get started in this? And, in, in, you know, what, what's, you know, sparked your interest to, to do what you do? Um, it was accident. And I think it was God. And um, it's just been, kind of been an accumulation. Um, I started out doing cowboy poetry. And I thought that that's where I was going in the world. Like I wanted to get known as a cowboy poet and travel and do all of that. Well then, and because of that, I started trying to figure out how to do more with my social media. And at that time, the the old man, I was kind of the unusual person in that crowd, right? Here I am at 20 um, as a woman with a bunch of the old guys telling stories. And they said, they basically told me it was a waste of time. Like that's not, you don't need to have a website. You don't need to have social media. You need to be writing stuff and you need to be making phone calls. Well, now here we are 10 years later and those same people are doing all the things that I said I did 10 years ago. Well, then I had a, we come out of cow camp. I was six months pregnant with my oldest and we're very into Dave Ramsey at this point. And so I'm wondering how I'm going to bring more income in because it makes no sense to go get a job at that point. Mm-hmm. And I see all of these ranch women online who are selling things. Now I've never sold anything, but I'd had, a, you know, I've been a licensed insurance agent. I had been a sales associate associated Sears. I had hours and hours and hours of corporate training put into me for sales and customer service and I enjoyed it. So I said, well, I should be able to make something then, right? And I started what was called the Buckerette Collection, which was headbands and stuff. And it was really, really bad. I mean, I literally started with headband or with bandanas that I folded and super glued together. It, it was not pretty. But for some reason, people bought these things. And I continued to improve, and I got to the point I figured out I couldn't sew, so I contracted that out. And this business stuck with me through, um, you know, my husband, he, he moved us from Burns, um, Oregon, to Blackfoot, Idaho. Um, I had a 14-month-old at the time, and I was pregnant with my second. And after we got there, we figured out why none of the locals would take this job. Um, so we were only there for four months, but I had, again, I continued my business. I had set up shop there. I found a seamstress, um, met a really great leather gal who taught me a lot more about that. And then we ended up moving back to Oregon and, um, there in Paisley, I grew this, this business up to five people in a town of 250. Um, we, 
we were sponsoring things. We had a team of gals that, that represented us. Um, it was really growing. And then we came to another crossroads. We had the opportunity to go down to Nevada, and my husband had a job opportunity. And with that, I was going to be able to cowboy again, something that I would not done um, since before kids, really. And so I decided to sell the business. You know, I'd really been at a crossroad anyways, and I had the opportunity to cowboy, which is what I said I wanted to do. And during that whole time, I was still doing some cowboy poetry stuff, but with two small kids and this other business, I didn't have a lot of time to do the travel involved with all that. So I go to Nevada. I, um, I day worked, I mean, sometimes almost daily for that year. And then I got in a horse wreck. I come off, I got kicked in the head, and, and I had a traumatic brain injury from that. And so we also had some more job changes going on in the middle of that. And so I really come to, to notice that I'm not going to cowboy full-time every day and yet still be a good mom and do everything. I can't. I can't do that. Um, but I can be self-employed again. i done it once, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that would still hopefully leave me freed up to go cowboy when I can. More of a seasonal or by-day situation. And um, so I went ahead and I... I was helping a friend out. I was, she was helping me a lot with my writing at that time. She was an author and was really mentoring me on, on what to write and how to write. And she asked for help with her books. She did not understand why, why um, she should stop her serious writing, you know, these books to turn around and work on social media. But the more that we talked and the more that I helped her and the more that I showed her what I do, it made total sense, and what do you know? She started getting more engagement, and ultimately she sold more books. And she said, Jess, you need to be getting paid for this. You need to be consulting. And I stopped and I thought about that because I'm like, no, like who's going to listen to me, you know, some 20-something-year-old, you know, person out in the boondocks talk about business. Why would anybody care? And But the more I thought through it, I had been doing this for years because way back when I had, had my accessories on, people were saying, Jess, how do you do this? How do you do what you do? And I was helping them with that. And so then I, I really started to find a niche in there. And the more that I started to advertise and help people, the more I understood that they couldn't find somebody like me. There are tons of marketing agencies and graphic designs and all of this stuff but they have no idea what it's like to live in a rural environment and operate a business. When your internet goes down, you don't just go to the coffee shop down the street, right? <laughs> yeah. um, there's things like that. How do you manage this with your husband coming in and he says, hey, we need to go trailer load that bull. How do you manage this with you know small kids and, and just the internet and the space and all of that? And so um, I found kind of a... a Space in the market that's not being filled for a lot of people, and um, and so that's where Brandon Inc. kind of came came in and came to be. Yeah, and so it, just tell us exactly you know how uh, you know your business works and in, in, in what you do. I, I know that um, uh, you know you're being a, a brand stylist and you and you help promote uh, brands and you're basically an influencer too, I, I, I assume as well. Um, but tell, tell us how, how that works. You know, if somebody has a business that 
you know, you're going to maybe do a collaboration with, uh, take us through that process. You know, it really depends. There are so many different things. I have times where I purely come in on consultation, right? I come in, I look at their accounts and they tell me about their business or the specific problems that they're, they're dealing with. And we talk through, we find some creative solutions for how to do that. Um, I have, I have moved into that influencer space totally by accident, but I'm really excited to do it. And it was mostly because people were asking me where I was getting stuff. I never saw myself as the, you know, as with the Instagram perfect pictures, but yet people wanted my opinion on things. So I, I have kind of accidentally moved more into that space. Um, and then I also, I do websites and graphic design. And, and then most recently, the last couple of months, I've started using what I know about networking and growing our followings and, and getting solid engagement. I'm pulling those together with photo shoots, um, which was really kind of a funny story. Again, completely by accident, I took pictures because I wanted people to read my writing. Like if we can go back for a moment, when I started doing the cowboy poetry stuff, I was literally in the MySpace age. And I know I'm dating myself <laughs> there by admitting that. But... I came kicking to screaming and screaming to Facebook. I did not want to be on Facebook. I, it just didn't make sense to me. And at that point, they didn't even have the business pages yet. So it was just me on here. Mm -hmm. But it started to grow. And at this point, photos were, again, a very big deal. But what did you have to do to get photos? Because we didn't do it with our phones. We didn't have all these little apps to do what we do now. So we would have to take pictures download them to the computer, and then upload them to Facebook. Right. Where you had to have scan photos and things like that. Well, if you had a photo, though, people would read your writing. And that's what I want. I want them to read my writing. And so my husband and I, living in this cow camp, decide, okay, I, it's crazy, but we're going to try it. We're going to try and make this effort to start posting photos. And so we did, we packed a little $100 digital camera around, and most of our photos are not of the cool stuff that you see now. There was no rope in, there was no, you know, sorting things, there was none of that. It was when we were done, oh, hey, we're riding back to the trailer, maybe we should take a photo. <laughs> you know, there's, the cows are all strung out behind us, or, or just, we just got on in the morning, quick picture before we left, that sort of thing. They weren't good pictures by any means. But what they did was they told a part of the story that I could not tell, or at least not in a very humble way. I didn't have to tell you, I'm so punchy, I'm so great, look at me, I cowboy. Right. They could see the smiles of sage, and they could see the kind of environment we were in. They could see how we dressed for work, that it was not like we just walked out of Capriolas. I mean, right. it, it, this is who we were and what we were about. And that continued to grow because as I got into this, the Baccarat collection, you can't sell things in an online space without good pictures, right? Yeah. So I learned to take more pictures. And I had hired an assistant who was a former um, rodeo queen. And so what we did was we started making photo shoots a, you know, once a week, couple times a week thing, just run out behind my house and, and take some pictures. And guess what? I sold more stuff because I put it on a person and we styled it up. And so then as uh, 
I continued to do just pictures because I wanted to tell my cowboy story. You know, I spent all that time down in Nevada riding. So I took pictures there. And Mary Williams Hyde, who is one of the most elite photographers there is for documenting cowboy lifestyle, especially here in the Great Basin, she's like, Jess, you need to be doing something with these. You could sell these. You need to be, you know, just like with your poetry and the history that you're trying to preserve there, you need to take that same care with your photos. And when somebody like Mary talks to you in that way, you kind of open your mind up there a little bit. So I, I started taking things more seriously and did more with my cell phone and then finally pulled out my good camera and then realized that it really wasn't that great of a camera after I had goofed it up with all the dust and the branding trap <laughs> and upgraded again. And I still have a bazillion more things that I need for photography stuff. So now what I'm doing is I bring these brands together to try and take some realistic um, marketing and lifestyle pictures. Um, and the brands are loving it. Their followers are growing. Their sales are growing. And we're really building this whole, you know, people talk about community or uh, yeah, community over competition hashtag. Well, we're doing it because we're not in competition. They're all different makers. And yet we are all growing. We are all rising together. Yeah, that's, that is so, so great. And the other thing too, uh, along with all that is it, it offers other people that, you know, have an interest that may live in the city or don't have the opportunity to be, you know, in an area where you're at, but it allows people the opportunity to see the lifestyle and exposes more people to it. You know, and that's one of the goals of, you know, the podcast that I have here is to, is to do that, to bring, you know, a, a greater presence and have people be more aware of it and understand understand it and have it accepted more and, and, and just to continue to grow the cowboy lifestyle culture and uh, in all aspects. And uh, I think what you're doing is just uh, so cool um, and so needed. Yeah, I and thank you for that. I, you know, for a long time, I thought that I had to keep these very separate, right? Mm -hmm. I had my cowboy poetry stuff, which was very traditional. Mm -hmm. You know, I always wore, um, you know, I always wore my cowboy hat and my boots and, and it was just straight cowboy life. And then I have the Baccarat collection, which is more Western fashion and, mm -hmm. and girly stuff and mom life and all of that. And I had the opportunity to go talk to a range camp. Basically, they had a cowboy poet that came in and um, for years and years and two great cowboy poets, Sonny Hancock and Leon Flick. They both had those, that job for years. And as, you know, Sonny passed away, then Leon picked it up. Well, guess what? Leon passed away. And it was a huge honor to be asked. And what this range camp does is it ex exposes kids to jobs and natural resources. And so I did cowboy poetry, but I also talked about ranching in general. And many of these kids were inner city kids from Washington, Oregon, and California. And so through this whole process, um, because it was a, a year after year thing, but you'd have different kids, I would, I would talk more about what would happen in the year on a ranch. And I would get to get into some of the common misconceptions that people have about the beef industry. Mm -hmm. And that very first year, they talked a lot about my social media stuff. And they talked about the the Baccarat collection and all that stuff and how basically I lived in the middle of nowhere, but look what I'm using the internet to do. I'm not just playing on it. And it really struck me 
what I was, what could be done there. And because I was introduced in that way, I gave these kids all my social media stuff. Well, now here we are five, six years later, I think. And some of those kids still follow me. They are out of high school. They're married, all of that stuff. And as the, as my confidence grew in the, in the program that they had there, I went through and I set the last part of my time aside for questions. And I really, I have to give it up for Shane. He's the coordinator of this. He allowed me to get in with these kids and answer the hard questions. They could ask about the animal rights activist stuff that's happening in feedlots. They could ask about um, the things that we're facing as ranchers. And I could say, honestly, government regulation is a big part of that. Um, and to be able to honestly answer these kids was an amazing experience. And then you want to take that one step further. These kids were now in camp culture, right? They come in on Sunday. And so by Wednesday, they have dropped a lot of what are people at home going to think of me, right? Because camp culture is that we participate and we ask questions and we try new things. And I mean, how can we recreate this for high school kids, you know, on a much broader you know, broader stage, and I don't have the answer to that yet, but it really taught me a lot about the cool opportunities we have there. And then if nothing else, those kids are still following me on Facebook and Instagram, getting to see cowboy life and ranch life and all of that. And I don't know, it just, it spoke to me on a lot of different levels. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at FSRCattleCompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222. And let us help find your next winner. Again, that's FSRCattleCompany.com. Yeah, that's great. And so how long have you been doing this? Mm, the, well, the cowboy poetry I grew up with. Right. Um, I lived about an hour outside of Elko, Nevada, which is where the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering is. Mm -hmm. um, so I went there every year growing up and, and did some open mic stuff. But I didn't get serious about it until I was 20. Um, I had my first CD out by 21. Buckrat Collection, I think I was about 24 like I said, I was pregnant with our first son, and and now here I am at thirty. So it's just been kind of a a crazy journey, and nothing has turned out like I thought. But I've also figured out the more that I quit trying to plan it and just do what God asked me to do, the more things are just picking up and growing. And if I hadn't had those other experiences, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. Absolutely, yeah. And I've I've talked about that on the podcast before. Uh, just myself personally, you know, you have to really be doing 
what's in your heart and what uh, using the gifts that the good Lord gave you. Uh, or you just, for me, I, I just, all the material things and money I made in other businesses I've been in never really made me happy or, you know, fulfilled me. And, uh, you know, so now, uh, I mean, you're 30, I'm twice as old as you. So, uh, you know, in the rest of my life, all I want to do is, you know, talk about cowboy stuff, do cowboy stuff. And, uh, that's it. Cause this is what, this is what I love. It's my true passion. And, um, you know, so I, I, I commend you for what you're doing. I, I, I just think it's great. And, and, uh, like I said, uh, you know, well, like the university of Wyoming says, you know, the world needs more cowboys. And I, I believe that's true. And I think that, uh, I think that we have a, a great impact on the world by doing all the things that we can do with social media nowadays. For sure. And I, you know, I hope that I see so many, um, I see so many of these cowboys living in some cow camp someplace who have the most beautiful work, but nobody ever knows. And sometimes these guys are struggling, right? Because, right. and they're sitting on a gold mine. If only they would just start selling things and had a way to do that. And so I wanted to work with those people. But then as that grew, you're seeing more and more of what is out there in marketing ads that are supposedly represent the cowboy life. And I won't say any names here, but we're talking upside down spurs on boots that you'd never, ever wear around a horse. I mean, we're talking bad horsemanship, but people use those photos because, hey, that's that's trendy and that's got lots of movement and action, right? And you're those of us who come from this were like, oh my God, that poor horse. And so it, I wanted to help show that we can, we can take hold of this, right? We can change this, change the perception, if only in a very small corner of the world. But we have the power to do something about that. And it started, it, it can start by having people behind the camera or, or style or whatever that actually know what it's like to be on a horse all day and go, uh, no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> Who've actually drug a calf across the fire head or heel and they've done it time and again to go, no, that's not how that goes. Right. And so trying to step away from these unrealistic setups and, and recreate what really does happen in beef production. If we take all the romance out of it, that's what we're doing. We're producing beef. Yeah, which is actually very healthy for us and has been uh, uh, misguided by uh, major media marketing um, and a lot of other oh, influencers in different, in different areas to make people think that beef is bad for us. But uh, there's all kinds of studies that show exactly the opposite. So um, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, very important uh, to you know, do what you're doing and anything we can do in this space to to help show the, uh, the, the true side of what really goes on. For sure. For sure. Well, and that's why I'm so excited. So I was presented with an opportunity that I want to continue to step into and do more with. Um, so here in December, I'm going down to Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, to speak at the New Mexico cowbell state convention there. And, mm -hmm what our different cattle men and cattle women's organizations do. Um, I, I would love to help support that and empower those people within it because I talk to so many different producers and businesses and everything that they want to do more. They know that it's possible, but 
adding in just not even getting super technical, but just the basics of social media and hashtags and tagging people and things like that. How much more powerful could these stories be? You know, when we talk about sharing and tagging and stuff, how can we use each other to to bring the entire industry up? Um, I don't know. I'm excited because there's so many possibilities, and I know that there are a lot of people within this space who do that. Um, but I also know out here where I'm at, I'm out here in the Great Basin in the sagebrush and focusing very specifically on the working cowboy as opposed to a lot of the different sects that we have in, in the Western lifestyle. Um, what could we do here um, to help support the, those movements that we see? Absolutely. So now, do you see yourself, you know, just continuing to move in this direction or do you have any, any, anything else you're thinking of adding, you know, to your brand or an area that you're moving into? Well, I am working um, on some more international type stuff. I mean, we have clients and followers in Canada and Australia. Um, in fact, my, my team member is in Australia. Um, which is awesome. She's a brilliant writer and editor, but she also helps find those opportunities down there for us. Um, so I would love to, one, one of the things that her and I really found is we really deal with so much of the same stuff. Um, and so it was really cool to have that conversation and see that we have a much larger platform than just the Western United States. So I think that's one area. And then I've, now that I've stepped more into this photography, space, which has really only been the last year that I've taken it, um, tried to take it seriously. You know, um, I want to put out a coffee table book. I want to be able to take my my poetry and my essays and put that with some of the the photography and see what I can put out in that way. So I, there's a little bit of everything going on there, I guess. Oh, that's very cool. Um, speaking of uh, books and, and uh movies other media uh, do you have a favorite a favorite uh, book by chance oh man a favorite book that's hard there's so many i really like um last buckaroo not just because it was my father-in-law that wrote it but because it really did talk about what cowboying was in the 1960s and 70s um so i really like that i really like the grass on the mountain series um, which I've actually read those novels to my boys. Uh, it was like a family thing. And so, no, they're not kids' books, but they are, I think it's really hard to find stuff that is clean and family appropriate, but yet that dealt with cattle in BC, Canada in the 30s and 40s and the markets and the dangers and the remoteness of it all. Um, so cowboy area, I think those would probably be two of my favorite Um I don't know. And then if you want to talk inspirational type stuff, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Oh, I, yeah. I cannot quote that one enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, that's a pretty new book, isn't it? Um, or, it's uh, been out. Well, yeah, it's been out for, I don't know, six months, maybe, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. But totally worth it. I've, that's one of the few ones that I've gone back and listened to multiple times, like immediately. And I always listen to a good book more than once, but um, that, that particular one, it was like an immediate, I need to, I need more of this. Yeah. What, um, 
what what other social media, for lack of a better term, influencer or gurus do you do you follow or learn some of your you know social media stuff through? Um, honestly, I've worked on getting out of the Western space to to learn and get inspired by, um, because the, it just seemed like we sometimes we get bogged down by what's right in front of us. And so if we would search out a little bit further, I have a few that I follow and I'm trying to remember. That's just horrible because Instagram, what do we do? We know them all by their handles. Right. right. Exactly. Um, Caitlin Fortnot is one of my Fontnot. I'm really hoping I'm saying her name right, but she's a, a brand and web designer that um, out in Louisiana, actually. I mean, completely not Western, not her thing whatsoever. Um, but I think I have learned more and been inspired more by that than, than almost anyone else. And she gives a lot of real tangible tips on how to do better, um, how to do better in your business and specifically online and how to's. And, and what, what was her last name or the spelling on it? Oh, so Kate, K-A-I-T and then font not F-O-N. T-E-N-O-T. Okay. And so, so through this, your whole, you know, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial experience, what, what would you say was your worst uh, moment, entrepreneurial moment? Oh, my Lanta, there have been so many. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and oh gosh, I don't think I can pull up just one. Um, right. But I have had times where I've completely bombed a cowboy poetry show. I'm standing, I, I remember one time I was in California um, and completely forgot a poem. And this is like, I, all I was doing was one poem and this is the poem that I'm known for. And I forgot it. <laughs> and I just had to walk off stage and the promoter came over and kind of bawled me out about the deal and I'm like what was I supposed to do because then the main act went on well you should have gone back well no my time on stage was over I have disappointed clients I have taken on you know bit off more than I could chew and then had to go back and apologize for that but I think it's really I mean it's just like riding or anything else you're going to fail you're going to fall off. In my case, we, we know this with a horse. It's not when you get hurt or if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt. Yeah. And my life proves that. So I think the biggest thing there is just continuing to go back and try again, learn from it. Don't do the same thing, but just know going into it that you're going to fail. And I do it quite regularly. And then you kind of touched on this before, but your so your your best moment or your greatest idea that you f- feel has brought you to where you're at now. I, I just I love to teach people, and I love to see other people be successful. Mm-hmm. And I know what that just desperate, hollow feeling is. That you need to do something. You need this business to go. You need something to break loose. And so, if I can speak into that that space. Um, for, for these other people that are there, you know, I, there's a gal who lives a couple hours from me, but out here in Oregon, we're all pretty much in the same community. She is, um, 
you know, she's newly married and she's pregnant and she just stepped into her first business. And she's like, Jess, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. I've been there. And she's saying, you don't know how much I appreciate this. And I says, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do because I've been there. And so if I can help you, I'm going to. Um, and that's just an amazing feeling. I think if you can find the jobs and the things that you want to do that have absolutely nothing that you would do anyways without getting paid for. Yeah, exactly. And when I really stopped and looked at it, I've been doing this for years and I was doing it and not getting paid for it. And I enjoyed doing it. You know, I'm, I'm really an introvert, but if I can sit down and talk business with you, Oh my Lanta, that is the time I will walk away from a conversation, like, like energized and like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm ready to go tackle my whole to-do list. And I'm like, that's it. That is where I'm supposed to be. And yet I still have to go get on a horse to stay relevant. Like I still have to go out and take pictures and be able to come back and tell the story of what I did out there to stay relevant. So for me, when I was struggling, like, who am I supposed to be now? Who am I supposed to be if I can't cowboy full time? It pulled all of that together for me. Right. Yeah, that's great. And I, I know I, we kind of, I kind of got off, off track a little bit there, but we, you, you told us your favorite books. Do you have a favorite cowboy movie? Yeah, Broken Trail. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I know that is not the most favorite, and, and I will be completely honest, it's not going to be family appropriate. It's right. not, but I've always, I mean, come on, it's got Robert Duvall, so mm -hmm. hands down, like you can't argue that. But two, that, um, the story takes place in John Day, which is just north of Burns. Right. That's where they start. And I think just the whole storyline really goes against, breaks the mold of what a lot of people seem to think of as cowboys. And the drink and fight, and, I mean, there's that involved, but not those guys. They're doing something honorable despite what else is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool movie. How, how about uh, cowboy hats? You got a, a favorite brand? Um, you know, I'm actually sponsored by Jacksonville Hat Company in Salmon, Idaho. I've got a couple of their hats, and Sam's had one of them, and, and we've been really happy with them. What's their name again? Jacksonville. Oh, Jackson Built. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And how about um, boots? Got a favorite brand of boots? or? Um. Well, you know, most people laugh at this, but if we're talking just going to work cowboy, my husband and I both really love um, Justin's uh, lettuce pickers. Just mm -hmm. the flat bottom. I mean, oh. they're like 100, 115 bucks. Right. And it seems like we can't hardly beat them, especially in the, you know, the place we're at. They almost run these as small ranches, even though it is a, a larger ranch and everybody comes together. And so in a particular day, he could be fixing fence, he could be cowboying, he could be running water, all of this stuff. And so he can step off his horse a little easier and, and go to work because he's not trying to, you know, hobble around in the rocks and these, you know, underslung heels, which are supposed to be the traditional punchy thing, you know, right. at least in this area of the country. So that's cool. Very cool. So, hey, if we're getting close to the end of our time here, best way for people to connect with you and, and follow you? Um, definitely on Instagram. I have 
the more I do pictures, the more I love Instagram. So uh, it's branded underscore in underscore ink at, um, on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And then you can also check out my website, which is uh, brandedinink.com. And, and how, how did you come up with the name Branded in Ink? Because I love that name. It was my accident, actually. So I, um, like I said, I started out in the whole cowboy poetry music world. And I saw a writing workshop that was being put together by another cowboy poet um, over in Wyoming. And so many people are commenting on this saying, hey, what if there was a writing workshop? You know, like, I wish I could go. I wish I could be there. I can't get there. Yada, yada, yada. So I got thinking, why can't we do this online? So I talked with Randy Houston out of New Mexico, Trinity Seeley out of Montana, and Ross Knox out of California. He was trans transferring from California to Arizona at that time. And I said, all right, guys, I'll do the marketing. I'll put this whole thing together. But would you come on and talk songwriting and, and performing and cowboy poetry and history and all of that. And so somehow I come up with a name for that and everybody really liked it. And then as I moved into this space where I was going to be consulting and I got thinking about marketing and digital marketing and photography and all of these things, I'm like, that's really what we're doing. We're just taking our brand and iron and putting it in a little bit different space. So that was kind of how Brandon, the name Brandon Nink came to be. That's great. Great story and great name too. Love it. Thank you. Well, hey, Jessica. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, share with us, you know, your experience and your company and what you do. I'll be sure and put in the show notes, your Instagram link, Facebook, and your website so people can uh, reach out to you and contact you if they have businesses that they want to uh, promote or are interested in any of the other services you provide. So again, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. And it's uh, so cool that uh, your son goes to Crane. I'm going to tell my wife as soon as we get off, off the podcast. It's, uh, it's And I am going to be personally offended if you don't let me know like that you're back in this country and we can't meet at the store for pie or something. Oh, I'm just going to say that up front. Oh, I, I, we'll, I, we'll absolutely be up there again. I mean, her folks don't live up there anymore, but they, they've got a lot of friends up there. I, I don't know if by chance you know uh, the Temples, do you, Jerry and Carol Temple? No, the last name's familiar, but I don't, I don't think I know them. Yeah, they're up, they're up there. I think they're out of, I don't know, I think they have a place in Diamond, and they've had a few other places around up there. But they've been up there a long time. Oh, man, yeah. Diamond's beautiful country, and the Round Barn over there. There's oh, yeah. so much history out here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was at the Round Barn, I mean, way back in the day. Um, what was it? Probably early 90s. But I, uh, it's changed quite a bit since then. If, if you're interested at all, I did a whole blog and took pictures about the Round Barn. So it's on the website, too. Oh, cool. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, again, I appreciate you coming on, Jessica. Appreciate the time and love what you're doing. And uh, we'll stay in touch. And when we get up there in that country, we'll definitely uh, look you up and meet in person. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you reaching out to me so much and giving me this opportunity. It's I, I've been trying to kind of rebuild and start over because when I sold Brandon Inc., all of my accounts with went with it. And anyway, so it's a really, really great to have that opportunity to step out into a new space. And, and I appreciate you helping me with that. Yeah, absolutely. Glad, glad to do it. So we'll talk soon, okay? 
Yes, sir. You take care. Don't work too hard. <laughs> no, you either. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same. The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play speed But I give her hell, he can never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pen Turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen Down at the roping pen